everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and welcome to The Week. This is your complete look at the week that was and the week that will be in Penrith and Surrounds. The Week can be heard every Saturday morning on Vintage FM in Penrith from 8am and also as a podcast on the Western Weekender website and social media from 9am Saturdays. We're also on iTunes, simply search Western Weekender and you'll find the latest episode. Make sure you subscribe to get the latest episode as soon as it lands and why not leave us a rating on iTunes as well so as many people as possible can find out about the week. If you're like me and you have a Samsung phone, good news, Podcast Addict will get you sorted with the latest edition of the week. Here at the week, we want to keep you informed about what's happening in the city where we live, work and play. We will do that today with the best news team in the business here in Penrith. Emily Newton, Nathan Taylor and Kate Reed will all join us. Don't forget the Western Weekender print edition is out every Friday, including your gloss property magazine, Western Property. You can also view the digital editions and all the latest breaking news at westernweekender.com.au or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Vintage FM, of course, plays the music you grew up with and you can listen on your radio or jump on to vintagefm.com.au. And of course, we would love your feedback here at The Week. If you like what you're hearing or if you don't, let us know. Send us an email, theweek at westernweekender.com.au. Let's get The Week underway. This is Vintage FM and The Western Weekender. Time to have a look at some of the news of the week. And probably one of the biggest stories around this week was that the Labor Party announced their candidate for the 2019 state election for the seat of Penrith. Now, it might seem that the 2019 election is a long time away, but I guarantee you that 18 months is not going to feel that long at all. Now, Karen McEwen, she's certainly got the runs on the board in the local community. She is a former mayor, of course. She's been on Penrith City Council for a long, long time now, so she knows this city very, very well. And I think she's a pretty good candidate to take on Stuart Ayres at that 2019 election. Stuart Ayres, of course, holds the seat with a pretty significant margin, but we do have to be aware, of course, um, that even though he holds that seat with the margin, it's all a bit skewed because of uh, way back in 2010 when he first won the seat in that by-election when we had the controversy surrounding Karen Palazzano. So it's a really difficult thing to try and figure out exactly where Penrith sits. And I think that'll make a lot of people nervous heading into this election. I think this one will be the one where we finally sort out the margin for the state seat of Penrith. But it is Karen McEwen up against Stuart Ayres at the 2019 state election. We, of course, will cover that extensively in the Western Weekender uh, right throughout the next 18 months. The other news I thought was interesting this week came out of Penrith City Council on Monday night. The green bags for kitchen compost bins are no longer going to be funded by the state government and ratepayers are now going to foot the bill. Now, it's not going to cost us that much. It costs us maybe 30 cents a week or something like that onto our rates when it comes down to it. But you sort of well, no, scratch your head about this one. They want us to recycle. They want us to do the right things when it comes to composting and the environment. And they're just making it that touch more difficult by saying, well, you know, you fund these bags that you have to put in the compost bins uh, that you have on the top of your kitchen sink or, or wherever else. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't like it. But uh, we've got that story covered. Greg Davies, councillor, uh, got up and uh, was, was not happy about this either um, on Monday night. We've got him uh, talking about it in the weekend of this week on page seven. So a couple of news stories floating around. We'll talk the Nepean Hospital next. That was probably the big news story, particularly at the latter part of the week. Emily Newton here in just a moment to talk about that. This is The Week. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. <laughs> Penrith's most respected journalist, Emily Newton, is here with us right now. Hello, Emily. Hello, Troy. How's it going? New title that I've just given you there. <laughs> Thank you. Now, very interesting this week. I just mentioned in the previous segment that we had uh, Karen McEwen announced as the Labor candidate mm-hmm. during the week. And in that same week, the Premier Gladys Berejiklian makes two appearances. Yeah, Penrith. that's right. Not once, but twice she's mm. been here this week. Yeah, one at uh, Cranebrook on Wednesday, but she was here on Thursday probably for the big one, which was uh, Nepean Hospital. 
finally some progress being made. Yeah, absolutely. So demolition has started, which means that the redevelopment of Nepean Hospital has officially begun. Absolutely. Now, this is good news. I saw that they were all in their vests, their Bob the Builder vests. Yes, um, that's obviously, right. Obviously, Stuart and uh, Gladys will both be out there on the equipment each day uh, <laughs> making this happen. But, um, but look, they're, they're obviously pretty happy about this because it's a big, big commitment, $576 million. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. And Penrith has been well overdue for this upgrade. So finally, it's here. So stage one is the multi-story car park. So it's not very exciting, but they need to make room to be able to demolish an old car park before they can actually start building the towers. Yeah, a lot of people will be whinging about that, obviously, yeah. that they're doing a car park first, but there is some logic behind it. Yes, absolutely. They can't build anything if they've got no room for it. Now, do we know when the actual upgrade, when they would say it's done, this, this particular one? They, this particular one, they're hoping the end of next year. That's what they're working towards. However, you know, weather and, and if anything else comes up, that might change that timeline. But fingers crossed, end of next year, they'll actually have started uh, the next stage All of right, the hospital well, development. Let's, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And of course, uh, during the week as well, we saw that the um, Nepean River Bridge is progressing as well. So yeah, that's right. Stuart has certainly got some things in his back pocket for that 2019 election. Absolutely. So considering the election campaign started this week, he's mm. got plenty of cards that he's playing already. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, what Labor puts on the table in the next 18 months or so. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Trey. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. Time for Saturday Real Estate. Don't forget that you can get your Gloss Property Magazine uh, each week in the Western Weekender, and it's a great place to just see that property for the first time and, and browse also. If you're not even interested really in um, buying a new property or anything like that, we all kind of just love to have a look, don't we, at real estate and what's happening in the real estate world. So it's a, I love looking through it and just having a look at what's uh, what's on the market and uh, what you, you know, do a little bit of dreaming as far as looking for a new house is concerned. Our House of the Week this week, though, is in South Penrith, One Lawn Avenue in South Penrith. Now, this home is seven bedrooms, four bathrooms and four car spaces. I do not put my hand up to clean it. Uh, it is a dual-level home, sits on a stunning block of 645 square metres, which showcases superior quality, exceptional inclusions and spacious interior. This sophisticated family residence is big enough for two families to live in and a short distance to the Southland Shopping Centre, Jamison High, York Public School as well. What they're saying here is that this property really suits someone maybe who works from home or even has a surgery, something like that, because they're able to um, really separate the two homes that are essentially existing on this property. Now, it's nestled in South Penrith. South Penrith, of course, fantastic suburb, continues to grow, one of Penrith's most popular suburbs. This home at One Lawn Avenue is open for inspection on Saturday the 28th of October. That is today from midday through until 1 o'clock. Remax Lifestyle Marketing, these are the guys you need to speak to about this one. On 0414 our house of the week this week in One Lawn Avenue, South Penrith. Just want to let you know as well, that you can follow Western Property on Facebook if you want to have a look at some of the great properties that pop up there. You can go to facebook.com slash westernpropertymag. And thank you to everyone too who said hello to us at the Property Buyer Expo at Darling Harbour last week. It was uh, fantastic to be down there as a sponsor of that event and uh, good to see so many people there as well and uh, cheering on Western Property. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash westernpropertymag. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. We talk sport next on the week. Nathan Taylor is here. I don't have a new title for you, Nathan, after I just gave Emily a brand new title. But um, Oh, wow. Uh, yes, Emily is now Penrith's most respected journalist. Oh, well, uh, how which, did I lose that title? I, I don't know how you lost it. <laughs> you've held it for a few years now, but um, yeah, Jeez. It's, it's, it's all happening here <laughs> on the week. Um, all right, now, World Cup. 
Rugby League World Cup gets underway, um, of course, this weekend. Last night, we saw the first game, Australia up against England um, in Melbourne. Now, today, though, is where the fun of the World Cup begins because you have these uh, these nations competing who are not necessarily known for their rugby league, although Papua New Guinea, of course, uh, rugby league's a national sport there. They play Wales today. Um, we've got Samoa up against New Zealand and Fiji up against the USA. I reckon that'll be a beauty today. That will be a beauty. Viliami Kikau will be playing for Fiji in that one, so look out for him. But, uh, yeah, the World Cup obviously started last night. There's some great games. We've got a lot of Penrith involvement too. We've got Dallin Martini Zelezniak. He'll be mm. playing for New Zealand on the wing against Samoa. Uh, you've also got Lachlan Stein, one of the young guns from Penrith, playing for Scotland against Tonga. And you've also got Mason Cerudo, who was the ISP fullback. Um, he plays for Italy, and he'll be taking on Ireland, while Sione Katoa for Tonga uh, will be coming up against uh, Scotland as well. So uh, plenty of Penrith flavour, despite not having any in there in the Australian team last night. Yeah, and of course, we've got the uh, France-Australia game next Friday. The team will be announced for that Tuesday. We might see uh, Josh Mansell hopefully get a, uh, a start and there. And Campbell-Gillard hopefully as well. Yeah, so. after being named on the extended bench uh, last night. Now, the, uh, the Cup... The tournament, for those who don't know, it's on 7 and 7 Mate. Mm-hmm. So you can tune in and see uh, that if you want to watch. Look, you can watch a triple header <laughs> on Sunday. How good would that be? You can watch Ireland and Italy, Lebanon and France, and Scotland and Tonga. Oh, dear. All doing You'll battle. All I'm not sure now, really how but... it works because some of those games are on at the same time as each other, but I'm sure Channel 7's got it covered. Well, well, I'm sure they do. And you know, I heard the, the Rugby League rights for the radio actually went out the window at the last minute. SBS were supposed to get a hold of them. And, where's uh, Wilma? We I thought covered Vintage the might have came through. Apparently they're only $50,000 to get the rights to it, so surely oh, you could have came up with something. We could have been calling it. We could have been, <laughs> been down there calling Ireland and Italy. That's right. Uh, one of the great games of the tournament at Barlow Park. It would have been fantastic. Roscoe on the touchline. Oh, it would have been fantastic, but unfortunately... Yeah, well, it wasn't to be. Maybe another four years' time. All right. Well, the Rugby League World Cup goes for uh, for three weeks for the pool stages, and then uh, the final. Who are you predicting will be in the final um, come the second of December? I think it is. Oh, I'm going to be. Can you re- believe we're playing rugby league in December? How good is it? Yeah, I'm going to be really boring and probably say Australia versus New Zealand, but you never know. There could be a, a wild card in there, like uh, like Tonga or England. So, but yeah, to be safe, Australia versus New Zealand. Well, I'm going to rock the week here. <laughs> Um, and I don't know how the pools work and whatever and, and how we're going to work this, but, but I think it's Australia-Tonga in the final. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I that think, would be uh, good. I think New Zealand's in trouble um, this time around, and I don't, don't like what I see of England, so I think that uh, Tonga's a big chance. Fair enough. All right, this is uh, Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. Now, Nathan, the Commonwealth Games are on um, mm-hmm. early next year. We're all looking forward to that, of course. Um, now, somehow you've missed out. Um, in this next role, but the other uh, baton bearers have been yes. confirmed. Um, you caught up with one of them uh, during the week. Yeah, that's right. There was a fair few baton bearers named from Penrith, eight in fact overall, and one of them was a, a teacher at MacArthur Catholic College, Craig Beecroft, who uh, yeah been a teacher for a long time there, sports coordinator at the school, does a lot for promoting the McCarthy sports and all sorts of things in the uh, in the local community. And uh, yeah, he's going to be one of the uh, baton bearers who'll be running mm. the, the 200 metres in uh, in April or, or sometime early next year to, um, yeah, in the lead up to the Commonwealth Games, two hundred meters, eh? So, you, I'm do they have any qualification there? Do you have to. You got to make sure you run the two hundred meters. Yeah, there's a little bit of training. You got to make sure the uh, baton handover is good because apparently, if you drop it, it has to go all the way back to the queen again and start from. Is scratch. that right? <laughs> no, <it's>, no, I, <laughs> I thought you were thinking. <laughs> 
Imagine if that someone dropped it had to go all the way back well, to uh, back to England well, and start all over that's again. That's a ridiculous rule if that was the uh, the case. All right, so um, the, uh, the the Commonwealth Games, of course, in April. I reckon we're going to be talking a lot about the mm. uh, the Penrith involvement there as well. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't think there's any any kayaking, so we don't get a fox. <laughs> the fox girls won't be there, but um, yeah, we had a fair few um, Olympians in the uh, the recent Rio Olympics last year, so no doubt there'll be plenty of those guys backing up in the uh, Olymp- uh, Commonwealth Games come April in the Gold Coast. Excellent. All right, Nathan, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Troy. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. Time for our What's On and Where segment, things that are happening around town. couple for the diary for you. The Christmas tree lighting, this is always one of the highlights of the year in Penrith. And it's happening on Friday the 17th of November, which is only a few weeks away. Can you believe that? We'll have a Christmas tree up and Christmas will be here before we know it. It is happening between 5 and 10pm at Memory Park, uh, which is of course there in the centre of Penrith. Santa's arriving at 8 o'clock. There's going to be roaming characters, food, market stalls and rides, a free petting zoo as well. And you can grab a photo with Santa after he arrives at 8 o'clock too. Uh, lots of community entertainment. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer will be there. He's booked in to attend. Uh, plenty happening. This is all happening in the centre of Penrith. The Community Christmas Tree Lighting on Friday the 17th of November from 5 to 10pm at Memory Park. And also the Nepean District Archaeology Society is having their open day on Saturday the 4th of November from 10am to 3pm in the Old Council Chambers on Station Street in Penrith. That's between Henry Street and Penrith Station, just opposite Westfield there. They're going to have artefacts from the Penrith and Castle Ray areas, bottles, china, photos and maps, a large collection of local bricks, the only artefacts from the historic Thornton Hall, and you can trace your family's early land grants too. So make sure you check this out. This is the Nepean District Archaeology Society Open Day on Saturday the 4th of November from 10am till 3pm at the Old Council Chambers on Station Street in Penrith. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. <laughs> It is time on the week for our Your Life segment, and Kate Reed is here, our resident nutritionist. Hi, Kate. Hey, Troy. Now, today we're talking about losing our middle ground when it comes to health, because, of course, if you're on Instagram, you see all of the uh, supposed things we're supposed to do, and it's all healthy, 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 but... That's pretty impossible to achieve, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's getting to the point where we're, you know, we're demonising things like bread. There's absolutely nothing wrong with bread. Um, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. So I think we really need to get back to the point of going, okay, there is room in our diet to have the foods that we like. It's just about portions and how often you're having it more than cutting it out altogether. All right. So what tips do you have to uh, to reclaim a bit of a balanced diet? So I think one of the important things to do is when you do want to make a change to your diet is focus on including more of the healthy foods into your diet rather than saying, you know, I'm never going to eat chocolate again or I'm going to cut out all these foods I enjoy. That way you're getting the nutrients that your body needs and you probably won't feel as much like having those treats because you will be having a lot of, you know, healthier food tends to be, you can eat a lot more of it because it's not as calorie dense Mm. as sort of your fattier and sort of junk food type options. Um, Another thing I advise is to unfollow those health gurus on Instagram and Facebook. You know, if you feel like you're being shamed every time you scroll through your Instagram and see that you should be eating, you know, everything green and not touching the bread... Um, just unfollow them. It's it's not worth it, you know, feeling guilty over the food that we eat. We should be enjoying food and, and celebrating it rather than feeling shamed about what we eat. Absolutely. And of course, also, if you a lot of people, I guess, use food as a way to deal with things emotionally yeah. and whatnot, but um, you can get some help there if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, 
diets are never going to be the answer if you know if you're eating for emotional reasons or you're eating for sort of psychological reasons that you need to deal with so it's important to seek help if you do feel that you're in that situation um, because in the long term you're going to be better off dealing with those issues if you're talking to someone about it rather than um, going on you know the latest fad diet excellent all right Kay. thank you very much thanks Trey. we'll talk to you next week this is vintage fm and the western weekender now, on Tuesday night, you're probably going to have a few knocks at your place on the front door because it is Halloween, of course, and trick-or-treating has uh, become something that we uh, we certainly do here in this local area in recent years. So make sure that when you're at the shops this weekend, you pick up a packet of Freddos or something like that. There's nothing worse than being left on Halloween without any chocolates to give out. Uh, and look, Halloween is becoming increasingly popular with Australians. And, of course, uh, no surprise that the Australian Dental Association is a little bit concerned about that. Um, look, what they want to do, they've put out a message this week, they want to reassure parents and children that so long as all-round good dental hygiene habits are kept up, that there's no real issue with a night of trick-or-treating. You can have some fun with that. Um, now, regardless of whether it's Halloween or any other day, the following tips can also help minimise sugar-related acid attacks on teeth. And this is something that around Halloween we're probably all thinking about. We're probably worried about... Little Johnny or Little Mary. Seriously, he's called Johnny or Mary now. But anyway, Johnny or Mary, um, you know, getting into all these lollies and having lots of problems. But look, here is the uh, the things that we should be careful of. Rinse your mouth out with water after eating anything sugary. That's a good, some good advice for adults as well. Chew sugar-free gum to stimulate saliva, which can neutralize the acid attacks. Avoid grazing or snacking on sugary treats and sipping soft drinks over a long period of time. And eat lollies after dinner to neutralize sugary acids. Uh, also, maybe provide children with alternatives such as inexpensive toys and trinkets. There are many other ways to have fun on Halloween instead of the sweets. But look, at the end of the day, one night of the year, they can have some fun. But just be aware of that Tuesday night. Make sure that you've uh, you've got that ready and you're, um, you've got your chocolates and lollies all set up for that. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. The Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, of course, is running the uh, Marriage Equality Survey, the Postal Survey, and we're getting pretty close to it all wrapping up. The survey closes at 6 o'clock on the 7th of November, and the results are going to be published on the 15th of November. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm pretty surprised at the return rate that the Australian Bureau of Statistics is saying they've got so far, because they're saying that they've received 75% of survey forms. Now, for something that's not compulsory at all, I know it's been a big talking point, but I'm actually surprised that we've got that number. We often talk about um, you know elections and whether they should be compulsory or not. This just shows that when it's an important issue, and elections are important, but when there's a particular issue surrounding an election or in this case, outside of an election, that Australians do want to have their say. Uh, So 75%, now that's 11.9 million eligible Australians who've now returned their surveys. Uh, If you want more information, of course, marriagesurvey.abs.gov.au. As I mentioned, it closes on the 7th of November and the survey results will be published on the 15th of November. This is Vintage FM and the Western Weekender. Well, that is it for this week's edition of The Week, whether you listened on the Western Weekender website via podcast or, of course, here on Vintage FM. Thank you very much for your company. We really do appreciate it. And we would love your feedback as well. You can email us theweek at vintagefm.com.au or theweek at westernweekender.com.au and uh, have your say on what you think was uh, good or not so good about the week. Just don't say that the host was no good. Uh, thank you very much again. We'll be back next week for another edition of The Week. 